chiquita, soy modesta florecita, digna hija del maíz. Yo soy fruto de la sierra y por eso soy serena, un estanque que se llena con las voces de mi tierra que honor será
Good morning. Welcome to the Fourth Universalist Society in the city of New York. We are an LGBTQ plus welcoming congregation, and our mission is to build inclus an inclusive, welcoming community that connects us to our spiritual centers and to one another, works to end systems of racism and other oppressions, and is grounded in reason, service, and love. We acknowledge this community by honoring that we gather on the ancestral land of the Munsi Lenape people, and that although we may differ in our beliefs, we are united in our work for collective liberation. If we haven't met before, I'm Deb, Wor Deb Roth. <laughs> I'm a longtime member of Fourth U and an interfaith minister, and I'm your worship associate today. In today's service, our very beloved Reverend <laughs> Beth Putnam will explore how to tell our different stories when the history that we've learned has been a lie, and how those of us who are immigrants can be part of revealing the history of the indigenous people to these lands. Now let us enter into this sacred time and space together. We begin with opening words. Today's opening words are from the Chinook Saltzer. May all things move and be moved in me and know and be known by me. May all creation dance for joy within me. Each week, we light our flaming chalice, the symbol of our free faith. I invite you now to join me in saying the chalice lighting words, and if you're at home, to light a candle if you like. The words can be found in your order of service and in the Zoom chat box. May the light we now kindle inspire us to use our power, to heal with love, to help with compassion, to bless with joy and to serve the spirit of freedom in the fullness of community. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Rob Bonaspina. I use he, him, his pronouns. I'm the director of music here at Fourth Universalist. I'm delighted to be joined here today by a good friend of mine and indigenous Nespers musician, jazz vocalist, uh, Julia Allen Keith and Adam Benham on percussion. I'd like to invite everyone to please rise in body or in spirit and join in singing our entrance hymn today, which will be 196 in the gray hymnal, Singer of Life. That's hymn number 196, and we're going to be singing verses 1, 2, and back to verse 1.
Thank you all. As part of our service, we have a time of community and greeting and discussion. We hope that this will be a time of connection and welcome, whether this is your first time here or you've been coming here for years. If you are in person, we encourage you to give a friendly welcome and greeting to your neighbors. Make sure that everyone around you is included, if they want to be. And if you'd rather sit by yourself in silent reflection, you're welcome to do that too. This is also a moment of discussion. We're going to use the question posted on the board in the vestibule to elicit a conversation based on our service topic for today. Feel free to ask each other this question and discuss it together. For those joining us on Zoom, you can answer the question in the chat box and we'll read some of the answers afterwards. Today's question is, what story did you learn about your family? Who were your people and how did you come to be here? Those of you on Zoom, I invite you to put your answers in the chat box. Enjoy the conversation.
Shall we start to come back? You can certainly continue your conversations during coffee hour. And since we recognize that our online attendees are a valuable voice in our community, here are some of the comments that they shared in the chat. My grandchildren are the fifth generation in our family to go, and then I don't know where it goes, <laughs> to college. <laughs> uh, that makes them African-American and biracial unicorns. From, that was from um, Marcia Cantarella. And uh, let's see, Francesca Fortunato. My parental heritage is Italian. My Italian forebears fled poverty for the land of streets paved with gold. My maternal family were refugees from Nazi Germany. America, ooh, America saved their lives. Uh, from Carolyn McClary. I learned early in life that my ancestors came from Scotland and Ireland and that they came here in the late 1600s. From Terry Germain, my ancestors were immigrants from Russia and Hungary, were third generation Americans. My grandmother ran the armies, ran from the armies of the Tsar. I can't read all of these. Oh my gosh, they're so wonderful. Um, from Lily, my mom is from Costa Rica and moved to America when she was 15. My dad is black from Tennessee. I always wonder how my dad's family got here. From Louise, I am first-generation American. My ancestors immigrated to New York from Italy in the early 1950s. From Sean, a lot of my family's history is, is unknown due to slavery in, in America, so most of what I know only goes back a few generations. And from Evelyn, I'm reconnecting with my Ukrainian roots. My great-grandmother emigrated via boat through Ellis Island despite not knowing any English. I have many fond memories of her speaking in Ukrainian-English blend. It is deeply painful to be reconnecting with these roots during such a time of crisis and fighting again for survival. But I am so grateful to have learned, to have learned her love of the Ukrainian culture firsthand. And there's so many more. Oh, wait, I've got one more. Two more. <laughs> From Carol McLaughlin. My family came from Ireland on both sides. My maternal great-great-grandparents during the famine and my paternal great-grandparents a generation later. And from Enrique, I'm in, I am Mexican, 10th generation as far as I know. Thank you all, and I hope you had similar wonderful conversations. Now I invite our RE. Good morning, everyone. My name is Benny and I'm the RE assistant. Can I please have the kids come down, whoever wants to come down, or any adults who would like to speak also? Okay, I'm good. Yes, children of any age and every. Thank you, Anjo. Thank you. <laughs> We have a little one. Mm -hmm. Perfect. We're all children at heart. 
Yes. Perfect. Hi, Lana. Do you want to sit here, Lana? There we go. Thank you guys so much for coming up. And I want to start this conversation by saying that we are meeting on the ancestral land of the Lenape, the Munsi Lenape peoples. So New York City, the upper part of what we consider Westchester all the way down to Delaware. Um, and I wanted to ask you guys if you know what a land acknowledgement is. So what I just said, who, which indigenous folks lived here before any of us got here? Anybody? What, what do you think, have you ever heard of a land acknowledgement before what I just said? No? What about you? Oh. Uh, so we begin our service with a land acknowledgement saying who was on this land before this land was conquered, just so that we can respect that that happened in our history and that we haven't forgotten. I think it's to remember like the people that were on earth before us and how they made it, how they did all of this for us. Yes, the people who were here before us. Thank you so much, Lana. Thank you. And I've understood that uh, the indigenous did not believe in owning land. And so they were very confused by what actually happened. They thought that this was just a gift and it meant that they were going to be there for a while and then leave. <laughs> and once we learn more about the history of how New York came to be, that comes into play a lot more, the confusion between our different ideas of what our land is. And I wanted to ask you guys also, do you know what Indigenous Peoples Day is? Anybody? Oh, Lana. Now you're looking at my notes. Uh, like Indigenous, what do you mean? Indigenous Peoples Day. Do you know what it is? It's like what they did when, when, they, were, when they were still here. Um, that's, that's a good guess. It's a good guess. It's tomorrow to give you an idea. Uh, have you heard of Columbus Day before? Do you know about Columbus Day? That is fair to forget what Columbus Day is about. That is a very fair thing. And Columbus Day, just to really go over it really quick, is to celebrate Christopher Columbus, who was an explorer from the old world, from Europe, and him coming and discovering America. America. There we go, there we go. He discovered America. Yes, we, th we used to think that he was the one who discovered America, but in the same vein, Indigenous Peoples Day is to fight against that idea that Columbus discovered this new world and that this was untouched land. And then there were just some people who just so happened to be- they believe that he was the one who discovered America. Exactly. But these people, what, what life was at back then, and, it, and when indigenous people was alive, like they made their own houses, and they used to like they used to catch fish at 
where ponds are, and they, they make their houses where ponds are, so um, so they can have they can have a pond to get fish and water from because they heat the water so it, there's no bacteria and I can drink it. Yes, multiple lessons here: biology and also history. And I know that because I know that because I've read Indigenous people books. Yes, perfect, perfect. Um. If I'm correct, I came in late and we're talking about American history. Indigenous Peoples Day. Indigenous Peoples Day, okay. Um, and is it about how we first discovered America? We were talking about Columbus Day and what people thought Columbus Day represents. Oh, I know about that. But do you know about Indigenous Peoples Day? Not exactly. Perfect. So, I as think Indigenous Peoples Day is to remember the Indigenous people that was that was alive back then, and like something like our ancestors. So, for example, we mention our ancestors, but we also recognize good. Good, we're getting on the right track, you guys. But Indigenous Peoples Day is to fight against the idea that Columbus in discovered America and that Indigenous people aren't here. Indigenous people are here and there's a wonderful wonderful cultures all around us and also we celebrate indigenous people's day to ask better questions about our past about so what happened in the past and like because like a columbus day is for like some christopher columbus he he discovered America, but indigenous people didn't believe that. So they fighted for that because they didn't believe that he was the one who found it because they believed that someone else did, I think. And then, mm. and then like other people just they believed that he was the one who found America. Yes, there's a lot of conflict about that. So the last two uh, points, and then we're gonna start religious education. So, I want to add on to what you were saying. It's very true that people thought that Christopher Columbus found it, but really insensitive people did. And we're good points, you guys, good points. And last point. Yeah. To this day, we mistakenly call them Indians because Columbus thought he found India. His original, his original goal. So thank you all so much for sharing. And we're going to go downstairs, everyone, all the kids, we're going to go over here to the left and downstairs for religious education. The older folks are going to be going with John and Alex, and the younger folks will be with me and Anjum. Thank you guys so much. Good morning, everyone. I'm the Reverend Beth Putnam. And before we join in our time of prayer together, I'd like us to take a moment of silent reflection, just to calm our minds after that wonderful, lively discussion. They grappled with so much. 
We join together because the world can be so overwhelming for any of us. There is war and violence, storms and illness. Events can feel so very out of control. As we join in prayer and meditation together, may you each find comfort and solace and hope in our gathering, whether in person or virtual, our spirits are joined. As a community, it's important that we take time to honor all that we bring to this space. Here we hold each other in our fullness, in that web of interconnection. We support each other through our heretics and our joys, because each of us matter and all of us deserve to be loved and cared for by everyone in our community. It is right then to pause to share what is in our hearts together. If you are online, please take this time to share in the chat. If you are in person, know that each and every week you are invited to submit prayer requests on what is now the front table, which will be collected and brought forward. You may also log on to Zoom right now and enter them directly into the chat, which I will see up here. Let us gather first to reflect on our sorrows. So shall we hear the word from Ukraine and see the scenes from Haiti and the rockets in Israel and the Palestinian territories. There is so much loss, grief and anxiety Maybe the loss of a loved one is weighing on you. Maybe you are feeling alone this day. Maybe a relationship ended. Maybe the weight of oppression is feeling really heavy. I invite you to share your concerns and sorrows and worries. We may lift them up in prayer. From Sadie Malaby, her friend Emily has been sick for two months and I pray for her. From Arnold Weitraub, praying for the safety of his nephew's son, who's commander in the Israeli Defense Force, and praying for peace in Israel. I lift up the family of one of my colleagues whose parents and most of his family still live in Ukraine, and for all of the Ukrainian people who are facing bombings and raids so often. From Evelyn, a prayer for everyone feeling fear or grief to feel hugged in their hearts for love sent to fright you from, all, from us strangers. I also wanna lift up for my sister, her, her dear friend who has had a, uh, uh, a blood cell a marrow transplant and is facing many weeks of isolation in the hope that her cancer may be cured. For all those sorrows and worries that have been unspoken, we also lift them up. 
know that you are held in this community. I also invite you to share joys and birthdays and gratitudes, happy thoughts and life moments that you bring with you today. I actually begin with one that is a bittersweet one. Aaron and Sammy will be moving to Cary, North Carolina in two weeks, and they are excited, but they will deeply miss being at Fourth U in person. And we will miss having both of them here in person. And from Marette, who is starting a new job tomorrow, she's very excited, but newness is also still stressful. Oh, and Sodi says she has a play at Joe's Pub. That's a very exciting venture for you, Sadie. Thank you for sharing. So for all those joys, big and small, I heard a lovely reminder today that we have the weather that finally tells us that fall might be here. And for some of us, that is wonderful news. I know some of us also miss the warm. So we lift up all these feelings and experiences, the heartbreak and fear, the hope and the courage. We recognize that anyone who has holding something, most have not spoken today, but you are still in our hearts. We remember that though we are a part in body, we are never alone in spirit. Tomorrow is always a new day. Hope always comes in the unexpected moments and that you are worthy of love and are deeply loved no matter what. So may it be. Jesus seeking you, he was seen in
Beautiful, thank you. Our reading today is from Black Elk of the Oglala Sioux. Grandfather, great spirit, once more behold me on earth and lean to hear my feeble voice. You lived first and you are older than all need, older than all prayer. All things belong to you, the two-legged, the four-legged, the wings of the air, and all green things that live. You have set the powers of the four quarters of the earth to cross each other. You have made me cross the good road and the road of difficulties, and where they cross, the place is holy. Day in, day out, forevermore, you are the life of all things. Hey, Lean to hear my feeble voice at the center of the sacred hoop. You have said that I should make the tree to bloom. With tears running, O oh great spirit, my grandfather, with running eyes, I must say, 
the tree has never bloomed. Here I stand and the tree is withered. Again, I recall the great vision you gave me. It may be that some little root of the sacred, of the sacred tree still lives. Nourish it then that it may leaf and bloom and fill with singing birds. Hear me that the people may once again find the good road and the shielding tree. recognize Indigenous Persons Day, a day to lift up and recognize the people, cultures, and history of the Indigenous peoples of these lands. I wish to start by thanking Julia Keefe for bringing her music that is important to her and her Nez Pierce traditions to our community observance today. It would be so wonderful if we were at a place where we could just celebrate the knowledge of all the different cultures that surround us and have always surrounded us. But we do not yet get to be in that day because we are still trying to undo the history. And so many people are still trying to find and reclaim and rebuild their cultures. Because the timing of this day is also about undoing the history that most of us learned growing up. For most of my life, and probably for most of yours, this has been Columbus Day. As we heard from our kids earlier, it was the door of the day of the discovery of America. Even though my history class also taught that the true first discoverer was Amerigo Vespucci. But that was also wrong. So part of the observance is to break through the lies about discovery, the, dis the lies about conquest, tales told by those who came to conquer the people or to take the land and somehow justify their taking. These are the lies that most of us were taught as history. And today there are battles still raging in school boards and states all over this country over the teaching of history because that shapes the stories that we tell each other, what we believe about ourselves, our families, those of us who are here in America about this nation, but also about how we fit in the world or how we don't fit. Here in this room, each person has a different story of how they came to be here. And not just in this room, but on this Zoom. How they are placed in this world because of their ancestors. Though there are some who are here through their very own choices. We all have different paths. Some among us may be from indigenous communities with histories that have been hidden by the dominant history and are now reclaiming and sharing those stories. Some of us traveled to these lands recently and have a relative newcomer's connection to the story of America and these lands. 
Um, others among us were brought here by force as captives or by desperation fleeing grave threats. There are some who came seeking opportunities from poverty and injustice in other places. And some among us had ancestors who believed a story they were told about a new land and a chance to make a new world. Some of us came to a land where that land had already been built. And others come from families like mine that made this fake new world by taking the land and hiding their taking in the myth called America. Because I come from one of the early settler families before there was an America, at least on my dad's side. My younger sister has been working on the family genealogy, both an eye toward the way colonizers told their stories in this land. Each generation of our family moved to an area that was considered for most of this nation, new land. We've been here long enough that new land included New Hampshire, Vermont, and Connecticut as great new frontiers. But that truly means lands newly taken from the people who held those lands and lived there first. The lands taken from the indigenous people. My sister and I started building a list of all the names of all the groups our family was part of displacing. But the list is far too long. It would be taken too long to even share an abridged list. Just know that I stand here on Indigenous Persons Day as a descent of the people who came here and took the lands and fought and killed people to take those lands, who negotiated treaties and broke them, all to force people from these lands and then erase their memories. I share this not to reflect on my family, but to reflect on the history most of us have been taught, that my family was part of the making and writing, and some of your families may have been as well. When we speak of the removal of indigenous persons, the removal occurred after fighting, after lies, in the face of force and the threat of extermination. And while trying to remove the people, those who built this new nation also sought to erase their culture, their history, and their identities. I was rereading sections of Ronald Tataki's A Different Mirror, a history of multicultural America, as part of my preparation for this reflection. I was struck again by the way those in the English colonies had so many different ideas about how to deal with the indigenous peoples. One was, of course, to gain new lands, because as more people came or were born, more lands were needed. Otherwise, they might starve. At least that's what they thought, and that's what they said. Another way was to, quote unquote, civilize the, quote unquote, savage. The first people could theoretically stay if they could be taught to live as the new colonizers. If they became Christians, spoke new languages, wore new clothes, lived in the new style houses, engaged in commerce, and gave up everything in their old traditions, then they could stay. But while this was cited as an ideal, 
any failure to conform would be enough to remove the people anyway. And it's also set up a pattern of, for plans and projects for future generations, the elimination of indigenous culture altogether. You may have heard recently about the excavations at the boarding schools in Canada whose lands have finally been searched. When stories of horrific abuse at these required government schools for children of the First Nations, as they are called in Canada, were finally investigated. They have found at far too many schools, hundreds of bodies at each school. So the number is really in the thousands of children who died in those schools. But even without the abuse and the deaths, the goal of the schools itself was terrible, to take the children from their parents before they could learn their language and culture and teach them the new people's language and culture. And these schools did not exist only here in Canada. They also, here in Canada, they existed here in America. There are federally established and funded schools. They were largely run by religious groups. And this includes the American Unitarian Association, which established multiple boarding schools for the purpose of acculturating the children. That means to remove their culture, to introduce them to the dominant white culture. I will not detail the full history here, though the longest existing school under Unitarian administration seems to be the Bond School in Montana, which sought to educate, quote unquote, the, the Ute children to white culture. And this was not a short-lived goal nor a fringe one. In 1909, then AUA President Samuel Atkins Elliott was appointed to the Board of Indian Commissioners by then President Taft. He gave speeches such as, this one hurts, from the scalping knife to the can opener, arguing how important it was to assimilate the native peoples to the white culture. And these schools actually grew during the 20th century, existing into the late 1960s. So this is not a wrong of a long ago past. I must thank the Harvard Square Library for making so many parts of the Unitarian Universalist historical record available digitally. I invite anyone who wished to, to explore it. I also thank the National Native American Boarding School Healing Coalition for sharing so much of this history to help raise awareness of what must come before there can be healing for the communities and families harmed, if such healing is possible. Because observing Indigenous Peoples Day means building new historical narratives to battle that traditional discovery myth. This is part of the work, not just our congregation, but the UUA and the Unitarian Universalist Congregations has taken together as part of the work of dismantling the systems that those before us helped build. Just as I come from a settler family, our Unitarian forefathers and foremothers were part of writing our traditional American story. They were part of the real history, including the many parts we were deliberately not taught. And worship services like ours today seek to center these hidden stories, the hidden people, 
the indigenous peoples who have been here all along, their cultures, not just incidentally forgotten, but were tried to be erased and to find ways to rewrite a shared history that includes their history. And in fact, of course, as a reminder, that is also our history, because our community does, as always, include people from indigenous backgrounds as well. There is still so much to be done to bring more truth to our shared history, to remember that so many different people are part of this we, and to ensure that those who seek to continue to tell the old stories do not get to control what is taught. One action to be taken to support Indigenous people in their long struggle for recognition is to engage in the struggle over what children are taught now and in the future. There are many ways to support the Indigenous pursuit of justice in different spheres. I celebrate whenever I see communities working together to find a parcel and land in their community that they can return to the people whose land it was. Some among us have been part of supporting those who are struggling to keep land safe from mining, from exploration, from development. Some of us have engaged in fair trade with areas of the Americas with large indigenous populations so they can make true livings without doing harm or suffering the harm of those who wish to keep them in their quote unquote place. There are many small actions that could help support the myriad of different groups across these lands who are just seeking to build their communities, to strengthen their communities and share their story. At the same time, it can seem impossible to heal or make amends for a wrong as great as has been committed against the people of this land. And it may be, but seeking to support the truth, to share the stories, to struggle to spread the truth and keep it in our minds when we face the myths, and to start to celebrate these cultures that we have largely ignored. These are steps in a journey we cannot predict because we can never predict the end of a journey from its start. Because as we tell this new history, we allow those who follow to build a new future. And we cannot imagine what that community may look like and how our different stories, our different cultures may be lifted up in a world we cannot even imagine. So it's a day of somber reflection, but it's also a celebration that we can learn, we can share, we can grow if we are willing to do the work that comes along that journey. So may it be.
Thank you, Reverend Beth. Let us pause for a moment to reflect on what has been shared. Each week, we donate half of the offering to a local or UU organization that shares our values. Today's offering will be shared with the New York City chapter of the National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI. With an office on West 38th Street in Manhattan, NAMI's mission is to help families and individuals affected by mental illness build better lives through education, support, and advocacy. To support this important work, you may give by text on our or on our, web shop, on our website or to the offering plate as it comes through our sanctuary. To donate by phone, text fourth U, fourth spelled out, F-O-U-R-T-H, the letter U, to 73256. If it's your first time giving through text, you'll be prompted to provide payment information. Otherwise, just click to give. And to give at our website, just go to fourthu.org slash giving and click the link to the Sunday offering. Let there be an offering to sustain and strengthen this place, which is sacred to so many of us, a community of memory and hope. For we are now the keepers of the dream. Tati Pine Oikolo in Winnikissa Himyubu in a Munikwas Julia Keith. Good day, everyone. My name is Himyumu Katsit, meaning she calls out from on high. I'm also called Julia Keith. I'm a member of the Nez Perce tribe. And this next song I'm going to sing for you all um, is actually, uh, it has English lyrics, so you all get to participate, which I know is why you all showed up this morning. It's always, always showing up for a call and response. Um, this is a song by uh, indigenous musician Fawn Wood. It's called Remember Me. Uh, she sings this uh, often in honor of missing and murdered indigenous peoples. We also had our Truth and Reconciliation Day recently, also known as Orange Shirt Day, to honor the survivors and the descendants of boarding school um, students. So, um, and I think it's very fitting uh, given what was just said, um, to remember the indigenous people of these lands, um, but also to remember their descendants, um, those who are stewards of the land currently. So your participation portion of today's programming is now, um, and it'll go a little something like this. So I'll say, remember me, and you'll say, remember me. And then I sing a little bit more lyrics. And then I say, there I will be, there I will be. You nailed it. You guys, we're gonna do so great. You're gonna be wonderful.
As our time together comes to an end and we extinguish our flaming chalice with the familiar words we say each week, you are invited to say them along with me. They can be found in your order of service or in the Zoom chat box. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we carry in our hearts until we are together again. Thank you all for being here today, both those in person and those who joined us on Zoom. Thanks to everyone who made this service special, especially our preacher, <laughs> our musicians, and our tech crew and staff who care for the building and this beautiful sanctuary, our greeters and our community, our hosts. There are a number of upcoming events that we hope you'll participate in. Fourth Universalist Volunteer Board of Trustees will hold its October 23rd, 2023 meeting via Zoom this Wednesday, October 11th at 7 p.m. The meeting is open to the public and members, friends, and staff and clergy are invited to attend. Email president at fourthu.org for agenda information and the Zoom link to join. If you get Fourth U's weekly email, you know that I will be winding down the New Moon Sister Circles that I've been facilitating here for 27 years. Every time I say that it kind of takes my breath away. 27 years is a long time. <laughs> the last circle will be next Sunday, October 15th at 6.30 in the sanctuary. It's no cost for Fourth U members and $25 for non-members. Please let me know if you can come so I can know how many to plan for. The Interweave Book Club will meet on Tuesday, October 24th at 8 p.m. via Zoom to discuss, discuss the classic novel, Oranges Are Not the Only Fruit by Jeanette Winterson. The November book club selection will be The Celebrants by Stephen Rowley. And the December selection will be Lost Prophet the Life and Times of Baynard Rustin by John D'Amelio. For the Zoom link to attend the book club meetings, please email interweave at fourthu.org. Today, after Sunday service, we'll hold our first session of UU4U. It will be a short in-person session designed to explore the big questions of our faith tradition and community. Whether you've been coming to Fourth Universalist for years or you are brand new, we hope that they will both be a perfect opportunity to learn, ask questions, connect with others, and go deeper. Today, we'll be doing a tour of the building as part of the session. Just meet us in the small chapel, back that away, after the Sunday service. All UU4U sessions will be held the second Sunday of every month right after the service. And finally, we would like to make you aware that next week we will be moving these announcements to the beginning of the Sunday service instead of at the end. We'll also be changing the size of the printed order of service and reformatting it to make it easier to follow. The new format will also make it easier to view online. We'll be encouraging folks to use a QR code in person to view the order of service when possible. This will allow us to reduce the paper waste that can come with excessive printing. 
Thank you for your understanding and flexibility as we update our Sunday morning format. I want to once again thank all of those who were part of making this special service, including all of you who came here or online, Deb and Rob and Benny, and especially to Julia and our wonderful drummer, whose name I do not have in front of me. <laughs> It has been a wonderful day to be with you. In some ways, I feel the reminder of this weather. We had that torrential rain, and now it is chilly, but the sun is peeking through. When I said earlier that we come to share the stories that we might help in building a new story, it is just like that. We do not know where the sun will break through or how many storms the rains will follow. And sometimes they will be very welcome rains and sometimes they will not. And sometimes the sun will be welcome and sometimes it will be not. But we will find a way together. And today's closing words are a blessing from the Apache people. May the sun bring you new energy by day. May the moon softly restore you by night. May the rain wash away your worries. May the breeze blow new strength into your being. May you walk gently through the world and know its beauty all the days of your life. So may it be an ahay. And I'm going to ask that you rise in body or spirit. We will not be singing the closing song, but it is a song that is traditional to stand for. And thank you again, Julia, for sharing it with us today. Thank you, everyone. Um, this is a traditional song um, from my people, the Nimipu people. Um, and this is a song that you typically sing at, at a funeral or at the end of someone's life. It was given to me by my mother, um, who is tuning in right now. Hey, mom. Um, but I also sort of adapted it for a jazz setting. Um, so it, my title for it is Mother's Prayer Song. Okay.
Thank you all. Um, thank you again to Julie and to Adam for joining us. Hope you have a wonderful um, week and hope to see you next Sunday. Wow.